Well, I hope everybody's had a good snow week. Um, you know, two days of snow days from school is enough, right? Then after that, it just kind of it kind of gets old. Uh, people have said they're having PTSD from COVID because they've been locked back in their house. They're getting back on Zoom, and um, it's uh, it's been a fun week, but it's also kind of been a long week. We are now in a sermon series called Taking Jesus Seriously, where we are studying the Sermon on the Mount. And one of the things that is fascinating about the Sermon on the Mount is that Jesus covers so many different topics in these three chapters of Scripture. Um, he, he, he talks about being the, 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 well, last week we talked about the Beatitudes. Then he talks about being the salt and light, uh, salt of the earth, light of the world, letting our light shine before others. He says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Then he goes on, he talks about anger, where we are today, retaliation, loving our enemies, giving alms, prayer, fasting, money, worry, fear, judgment, the golden rule, bearing good fruit. Jesus covers all these different topics in the Sermon on the Mount. And like I have said, we are called to wrestle with these things and apply them to our lives. It's a really challenging ethic, but we're called to try. There's a story told about a young dad who was walking along the street, pushing a stroller, and he was saying very, very calmly over and over again, calm down, George. Be quiet, George. Don't scream, George. It's okay, George. And about that time, a nice old lady walked up and said, oh, I can see you're being so sweet and patient with your son, George. And the man shot back, my name is George. <laughs> you see, we can all allow ourselves to get worked up very easily. Today, we're gonna to talk about the topics of anger and resentment. And I've preached many different sermons at Woodmont over the years on, on, on these topics because anger is an emotion that we all have to deal with. Doesn't matter who we are. Doesn't matter how old we are. Doesn't matter what stage of life we're in. We have to deal with it. So the question has never been, will we get angry? We all get angry about a wide variety of things. The question I think is, how do we handle anger? How do we manage anger? What is anger? You look it up in the dictionary, it's a strong feeling of displeasure or hostility. Or I've always liked Charles Stanley's definition. Uh, he expands it, he says, anger is a strong feeling of intense displeasure, hostility or indignation as a result of a real or imagined threat, insult, frustration or injustice towards yourself or others that are important to you. In his great little book called Enemies of the Heart, Charles Stanley's son, Andy, also a minister in Atlanta, says this, we get angry when we don't get what we want. He says, show me an angry person and I'll show you a hurt person. And I guarantee you that person has been hurt because something has been taken. Some, somebody owes them something. If nothing else, an apology the root of anger is the perception that something has been taken and now a debt-to-debtor relationship has been established. And that's a great book called Enemies of the Heart. He talks about anger, guilt, and a couple other emotions. But then he goes on to say this. 
When you deal with extremely angry people, have you noticed that nothing you do pleases them? Extremely angry people have already decided that you won't get it right before you even try. But they can't let you get it right. Otherwise, they would lose their excuse to stay mad. But anger can, can become a disease of the heart. The bottom line is we, we live in a culture where it feels like anger is everywhere. And now that the election season is starting to heat up, uh, it's going to be even more so. You want to keep a dinner party real? Walk in and say, hey, how y'all think about Trump? Hey, you think Biden's got four more years left in him? Just throw that out there. See what happens. Where does anger come from? That's a question psychologists have been researching and, and, and grappling with a long time. Here are some of the answers. Anger comes from your childhood experiences and upbringing. Oftentimes, how we act as adults is tied to the way in which we were brought up. Were we loved? Were we nurtured? Were our parents authoritarian? Or did they have a gentle spirit? Secondly, anger can come from repressed trauma. Maybe we went through something that was hard, but we weren't able to grieve or show pain at the time. And we have our anger that's bottled up from that. Third, they say anger can come from unresolved grief. We, we all experience loss, but if we experience loss and we don't get the chance to grieve or find healthy ways to grieve, then it turns to anger and resentment because it, it never had an outlet. Fourth, anger can be the result of stress. Anybody get stressed out this week with your kids at home all week? No school? No after, you know, after activities? I, I, I was on some Zoom calls this week and I was like, wow, this reminds me of COVID. I don't like this feeling. But stress and pressure can make us feel angry because we, we don't feel like we can deliver on the things that we're being asked to do. Fifth, anger can also come from alcohol abuse. People drink to ease their pain, but when they get drunk, they lash out and become a different person. We also know that alcohol consumption keeps us from being able to sleep well, and so when people are not rested, they get much more irritable quickly. And also, anger can be the result of mental health disorders, which are becoming more and more common in our culture. Some people see their mental health deteriorating, and sometimes they feel like there's nothing they can do about it, which isn't true. These are just some of the root causes of anger. But unfortunately, many people live their lives day in and day out, and they're angry, and they don't know why. They don't know where it comes from. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, You've heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not murder, and whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you're angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And then he goes on to say, when you're offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. So, so Jesus begins by talking about the sacredness of human life and how murder is wrong 
And everybody knew that, right? The law forbid it, you shall not kill. But then he takes it a step back and he dives into the root cause of murder, which is anger. He says, we have to deal with anger. I remember a lecture given here at this church one time by uh, New Testament scholar, Amy Jill Levine. And she was talking about this passage in the Sermon on the Mount. And she asked this question, what are we to do with the fact that Jesus tells us that it's wrong to get angry and yet there are multiple examples in the gospels when Jesus gets angry himself? Think about it. Jesus cleansing the temple, driving out the money changers. Jesus calling out the scribes and the Pharisees for their piousness on multiple occasions. Jesus cursing the fig tree. Jesus rebuking Peter. Jesus becoming indignant when the disciples were trying to keep the children away from him. And her response was really interesting. She said, we have to remember that Jesus was fully human and fully divine, but we can hold Jesus to his own ethic set forth in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus did get angry, but he was fully aware of the dangers and the consequences of anger. And he was very interested in identifying the root cause. Physically, doctors will tell you that, that, that anger can lead to many problems. High blood pressure, incredible stress, the inability to focus and relax can also lead to heart attacks, strokes, cancer. Emotional symptoms include being sad, depressed, feeling guilty, resentful, anxious. Anger has also been known to make people overly sarcastic to take away their sense of humor, cause them to raise their voice, even drive them to drink or smoke. And some people will turn to prescription pills to deal with their anger, which is never a good thing. The bottom line is anger greatly affects our health and our quality of life. Over the past few weeks, the staff has been reading a book together. It's actually a really good book. I'd recommend it to you. It's a book called How to Know a Person by David Brooks. It came out um, but before Christmas. And, and this is something that he says in the book. He says, we seem to be experiencing an epidemic of loneliness and meanness, and we can all point to certain contributing factors, social media, widening inequality, declining participation in community life, declining church attendance, glad y'all are here this morning, rising populism and bigotry, vicious demagoguery from our media and political elites. We know these things, but then he says this, as a society, we have failed to teach the skills and cultivate the inclination to treat each other with kindness and generosity and respect. And this is catching up to us. We see it in our politics. We see it in road rage. We see it in our lack of empathy. We see it in the way that we talk to each other. I got two uh, of my Vandy students that are here this morning. I don't wanna point, call them out, but Gordon and Cole, they're both golfers. And, um, and this is some of the stuff that we talk about at Vanderbilt, is how do, you, how do you grow in your emotional intelligence? And, and, and in their case, and I'm, I'm not gonna tell you where they are because I want you to make sure you greet them this morning, but in their case, they play golf. And uh, in fact, they're really good at golf. But, um, 
I play golf and golf brings out some anger in me sometimes, right? It's a good test for life. Moral formation is what seems to be lacking in our culture. And Brooks says that moral formation involves three things, three basic things. It involves uh, helping people learn how to restrain their selfishness and incline their heart to care more about others. It's about helping people find a purpose so that their life has stability and direction and meaning. And, and that's what we're always trying to do here at Woodmont by getting you to discover your gifts so that you can give back and serve and make a difference. And the third thing is moral formation is about teaching the basic social and emotional skills so you can be kind and considerate to the people around you. Pretty well put, right? But as our culture has moved away from moral formation and moral leadership, we have continued to see anger and hatred and resentment rise. And not only that, but people tend to cheer it on, which only makes it worse. So, so the important question, again, is not will we get angry. I think we all get angry. Some people are more prone to it than others. The important question is how do we manage it and how do we deal with it in healthy ways? And so I'll leave you with some thoughts on that this morning. The first thought is this. Let's remember that not all anger is bad. We get angry because we care. If we didn't care, we would be indifferent. You know, God has designed us in a way that we recognize when things aren't as they should be. And then God calls us to work as hard as we can to make it right. There, there's such a thing as righteous anger. It's in the Bible. And usually when Jesus got angry, it's because he saw a situation that he knew wasn't right. And so he addressed it. But, but, but how do we address it? That's what matters. We, we can lose our temper and we can lash out, which we've all done. Or we can work diligently and patiently to create a better situation or circumstance. Again, anger can be a motivating factor, but how we act on it is what matters. Second thought, we need to be careful what we say and what we do and what we type when we are angry. Lots of relational damage has been done in marriages, families, and friendships because people say or do things that they regret. Think about the times when you've lashed out in anger. Didn't you regret it? Think about the times when, 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 when the moment got the best of you and then you couldn't take it back. Taking time to calm down, to think and reflect is always a healthy thing. Take a breath. Take a walk. Recognize that, that you, you've become too worked up to deal with the situation in that moment. And so anything that you say or do right then might just make matters worse. Jesus talks about turning the other cheek, going the extra mile. Just because somebody does something to you does not mean that you have to return the favor. De-escalating situations when they become heated is always a good idea. Deal with things when you're calm and not worked up and you'll be glad that you did. Third, find healthy outlets for your anger and frustration. What does that mean? Go get some exercise. Take time to pray so you can calm down. 
take a walk, go talk to a therapist or a spiritual director like we, we have here at Woodmont. Understand why you're upset. Understand why you're angry, why you're so worked up. That's really important. That's a skill that seems to be missing. People are mad, but they don't know why. We have to know ourselves well enough so that we can recognize when things set us off. And so many people lack healthy outlets for expressing their anger. And so they take it out on somebody who doesn't deserve it and at the wrong time and in the wrong place. And usually that person had nothing to do with it. Fourth, pay attention to the things that make you angry on a recurring basis. Acknowledge them. Be aware of them and then do whatever you can to not put yourself in the same situation. You know, emotional intelligence involves knowing yourself and learning from your past. So if there's a specific situation or person that always makes you upset, then do what you can to not be put in that situation. Sometimes we get angry about the same thing over and over again because much of our behavior is based on habit but you can change your habits over time. It takes work, but you don't have to keep going down the same road, putting yourself in the same spot. And the last thing that I'll say this morning, the fifth thing is you can just change your focus. If what you're focusing on is making you angry and upset, then go focus on something else. Many times you don't need to deal with the situation right then and there. You just need a break. And, and what we choose to focus on matters. When we get worked up, oftentimes we can't think about anything else. But that's the exact time when we need to go do something else. Some situations in life are difficult, but they can be resolved over time. And choosing a different focus or talking or taking some time just away is the best thing you can do at that very moment. Doesn't mean the problem will go away or take care of itself. It just means that you're not in the right state of mind to deal with it at that time. The spiritual life is about learning to recognize and control your emotions. It's also about putting yourself in a healthy position to thrive. And too many people put themselves in positions where they feel like they have to lash out and they have to stand their ground. But I think Jesus is saying in our text today, don't do it. There's a better way and you can deal with it at a different time. Resentment happens when we can't let things go. When something is done to us that we don't think is fair and we keep stirring and stirring and obsessing and obsessing, learn to forgive. Real forgiveness will free you from having to shoulder an unnecessary burden. Remember the quote, bitterness is like drinking the poison and waiting on somebody else to die. And this week I heard somebody in one of my groups say that anger is a punishment we give to ourselves for something that somebody else did. Pretty good. Henry Nouwen is one of those authors that is a great spiritual author. Anything he writes is, is, is good. And, and, and one of the things that he says on this subject is this. He says, how do we befriend our inner enemies, lust and anger? By listening to what they are saying, 
They say, I have some unfulfilled needs and who really loves me? Instead of pushing our lust and anger away as unwelcome guests, we can recognize that our anxious driven hearts need some healing. Our restlessness calls for us to look for the true inner rest where lust and anger can be converted into a deeper way of loving. There's a lot of unruly energy in lust and anger. And when that energy can be directed towards loving well, we can transform not only ourselves, but even those who might otherwise become the victims of our anger and lust. This takes patience, he says, but it's possible. You know, it's been said before that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth will make the whole world blind and toothless. And there's truth to that. Jesus calls us to a higher standard. He says, turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile. My peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I don't give to you as the world gives. Control your anger. And when it's all said and done, I think staying cool, calm, collected is always a good way to be.